Hey everyone, Matt Johnson here. Before we get into the latest episode, I want to mention the Certified Listing Agent course from Pat Hyben's Rebus University. Our own Jeff Cohn is one of the featured agents in the course. Jeff and seven other top agents sat down with Pat and went through their entire listing presentation start to finish and gave all their best tips and tactics. These are the guys closing 85% or more of their listing appointments. So if you're looking to up your game or you just want extremely high quality training material for your team, check out the Certified Listing Agent course at rebusuniversity.com. Just use Jeff Jeff's last name, Cone, C-O-H-N, at checkout to get a hundred bucks off. Thanks so much and enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Team Building Podcast, where you'll learn how to build a dominant real estate team in your market, featuring masterminds with team leaders and mega agents, plus in-depth interviews with operations managers and marketing directors of some of the top teams in the country. You'll learn the latest methods to generate and convert leads, streamline your operations, recruit and train better agents, and raise your profit. And now, here's the latest Team Building Podcast. Hey everybody, it's Matt Johnson. We are back with another episode of the Team Building Podcast. This is where you learn how to build a dominant real estate team in your market. We've got an amazing guest. We've got Jeff back here with us today. Jeff Cohn, what is up, man? Hey, what's going on, Johnson? I just got back from Boomtown Unite, canceled due to the hurricane. So we ended up rerouting to New Orleans and spent the day deep sea fishing. So we had a great trip. It was really unfortunate. <laughs> Obviously, that hurricane changed a lot of people's lives. And I felt horrible for all the effort and time that Boomtown put in. And hopefully they can get a date rescheduled and we can still be a part of all the great things that happen at Boomtown Unite. That's right. All right. And then we have our special guest, Chris Suarez. Chris, what's up, man? Hey, it's good to be here. Thanks and for having me. We appreciate you coming on. So, uh, no so we've got a lot to talk about today. The main thing that we want to get into, though, is your guys' expansion approach. So let's start there and kind of share who you are, where you, you know, kind of what you do, but more importantly, like where have you guys expanded into and like physically where are your locations at? Okay, awesome. Yeah, so um, my hub and, and actually my real estate team, the one that I'm, I'm part of and, and operate, uh, is out of Portland, Oregon. Um, I was born and raised in New York, uh, but came out to the West Coast about 13, 14, maybe 15 years ago. It goes fast. Um, so sold real estate in New York, have been out in Portland now, um, built a team out here in Portland. And about two and a half years ago is when we started uh, jumping into expansion. For the first year, we didn't go anywhere. Um, we just really worked at home, building systems, operations, the models that we we're going to use. And, and now for the last 12, 18 months, we have gone out and expanded. Uh, initially, we started locally here in Oregon, um, up and down I-5. So from Portland down to Salem, to Eugene, to Corvallis, to Ashland. Um, we then skipped out of uh, Oregon and went down to, we're in Texas, uh, about three different cities in Texas. We're out in Minnesota. We're in the Southeast region in uh, Tennessee. And then we're out in uh, Boston currently in about four different locations in Boston. So all combined um, in those cities or, or locations, we're, um, I think we're about 15, 16 spots. Wow, very, very cool. All right, so uh, so tell me a little bit about your role within the team and then within expansion. Yeah, so um, my team here in Portland, uh, you know, I, I've gone in and out and back in and back out of production. Um, that's based on 
where we are, where the market is, where our talent is. Um, I recently brought on a director of sales uh, and lead gen, so he's really now taking on the whole production side of things. I've stepped out of most production short of right those few clients that uh, I choose to work. I live in Portland most of the time. Um, we also, I should say, we also have expansion outside of the country in Costa Rica. So I spend a, a bit of time down in Costa Rica. Uh, we launched, um, actually we launched Keller Williams down there uh, nationally franchise that and uh, have some offices down there and expansion partner down there. So because of that travel and, and, and being in and out of the country, um, really brought someone in to take on most of the production, uh, for our team. Um, how that, how that developed is I also got into real estate coaching and as we began to expand, uh, you know, a lot of people were expanding with these lead with a lead based model and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to generate a certain number of leads. I'm going to give you that number of leads. And uh, that's why you want to be part of our organization. We took a slightly different approach in that um, we didn't want our partners to give away the core competency of a real estate agent, which is generating leads and right lead gen. So we looked at that and said, anybody could buy leads. Anybody can eventually figure out how to generate leads. So let's attack that. Let's coach and consult and collaborate on, on how to do that really, really well while providing really that coaching platform, um, that collaborating platform, that community, as well as everything other than lead gen and sales for our partners. So that's why that first year was really spent um, building operationally, marketing-wise, um, all those systems, and, and really a coaching platform as well. And so my role truly in that, in that expansion is a little bit of a talent search, right? You know, mm -hmm. conversations with talent. Although we we've expanded with our regional director model, so I have I have regional directors in those locations. That's why, you know, I've I've never quite honestly I, I haven't flown to Minneapolis and 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 been with those partners on the ground, nor have I flown to Texas or Boston or when we're in Southern California, any of those markets. Um, so for me, it's uh, you know it's really a coaching platform. I'm there to coach those agents. I'm there to do group coaching calls weekly. Um, so I, I can I can really run or 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 deliver our value proposition from, from anywhere that I sit. Let me ask two questions, Matt, because I know our audience would probably be curious. How many agents are on your team in Portland? And out of all of those 14 expansion locations or 15, including Costa Rica, how many agents does that total? Just ballpark. Uh, that's a great question. Um, here in Portland, we have four, uh, four licensed agents, five. Five now licensed agents, and then 15 licensed agents um, in an expansion. Because our, our models in expansion are not teams. We're okay. not recreating individual a team partnership. out there. Yeah, those so, partners are individual agents. And are those all within the Keller Williams franchise? They are, yep, all of and them. What, do you own anything? So a lot of guys that, I also have expansion, and I'm in Boston, Salt Lake City, Lincoln, Nebraska, and my flagship's here in Omaha. And a lot of guys say, you know, the way we're choosing to do it, they, they, you know, because it's a team, everyone's saying you can't really sell it. Why put time into building something in another city that you're never going to be able to sell? And what's your opinion on that? I mean, if you're just building out an individual, what's the end goal there? Well, I, you know, I look at that as is it's the same way. I, I look at our expansion as a brokerage. So at the end of the day, I don't, I don't, you know, I own brokerages as well in, in two different yeah. countries. And so from my perspective, brokerages are an interesting thing. They get decent evaluations, but they're really, I own contracts with independent contractors anyway. So expansion is no different. And I think that comes from my brokerage yeah. perspective for yeah, sure. I really like that. What two countries do you have brokerages in? 
Uh, the U.S. and oh, okay, Costa Rica. Costa Rica. Yeah. All right, yeah. that's awesome. Were you yeah. the first KW office to go to Costa Rica? Yeah, we we um, we partnered with KW in in really that master franchise for the country. So we're okay. Uh, four offices now down there. We're about to launch our fourth. When you talk about regions, and I don't know if everyone picked this up, but you talked about how you have regional leaders. I know Gary Keller, when he expanded across the United States, he picked 10 regions. I'm guessing you're doing that similar in your expansion endeavor. How are you choosing to separate those regions? Are you doing it by state, by time, you know, um, time zones? How are you doing that? Yeah, I'm a, I mean, you're going to find out that I'm a, I'm a firm believer in just following someone else's model if it worked. Yeah, so, well, I see over your shoulder. I think that's the one thing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, and MREA is on the other side. I so, bet. Mine too. <laughs> so what I, what I would say is, so Gary started with 10 but immediately went to 31, realized okay. that 10 was going to be too big. So we have, we have almost to a line um, followed the regions of Keller Williams that he, cool. that, that he laid out. Now, some of them got a little bit funky for yeah. sure early on. So we've tried to fix that, but, um, but really our regions are, our, our map is regionalized based on KW's regions. Yep. Um, and, and where we find talent, we begin to backfill those regions. I mean, there, that's the only reason why I end up in Texas and Minnesota and bought like all yep. spread out. Otherwise I would have just locally began to expand little by little. I I'd prefer to be in Seattle. And I'm right. not, I would love to be, and I just haven't found the right talent yet. Yep, totally makes sense. So what's the end goal for an agent that partners with you in another city? What essentially are you promising them? What are they expecting in the relationship they've entered into with you? Yeah, awesome. So um, we basically give them, um, really, we partner with them with all of our systems, tools, models, marketing, and coaching. And they are actually going out and building building their, we view it as they're building their own business as any other agent would. So for instance, we, we set up an LLC. So for going down to Eugene, Oregon, it's right. experience. Our, our, our expansion brand is experience. It's not my name. So it's experience real estate. And then we basically LLC out experience, Eugene, experience Springfield, experience Boston, experience, you know, college station, Texas. Mm -hmm. um, they're building that. Uh, they basically have quite, you know, they own their business should they step out that database is still owned by experience right so you know at the end of the day they can build that as big or as small as they want it to be our model doesn't doesn't state like you have to be doing 10 transactions a month or 20 right. or three or two it doesn't really matter we really are looking at that and saying hey where do you want to be where do you want to be financially this is how many deals we need to get you to yes we can do that this is what is going to be required of you. Are we on board to be an accountability relationship? Yep. Awesome. So, so some of our partners will eventually add buyer's agents, right? Or, or add a listing agent. Um, should they wish to, should they want to be that right? Or, or come to us right now. We're having conversations with existing teams that want to join expansion right. um, mm -hmm. and ultimately have opportunities and at regional development as well. And right. that's the same way, right? Gary found successful real estate agents to open up an office. And then eventually those people did become the regional directors, regional owners of the future. So right. we're following that same. Very cool. Yeah, very, very cool. All right. So, uh, so Chris, you mentioned you've stepped in and out of the business a little bit. And we talked about this uh, kind of in when we first met. Uh, so tell me a little bit about why when you came back into the business yourself, you went after luxury. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and how does that kind of fit into the team model? Because we don't see those two worlds cross very much. Yeah. Um, 
you know, it, it's, it was an interesting transition going from New York to, to well, first Eugene, Oregon, and then from you, from you, yeah. And from Eugene, then up to Portland. So, you know, I learned real estate or cut my teeth in Westchester County, New York, which is, which, no yeah. So, so you, you show up here and um, everything in Westchester is luxury compared to Eugene, Oregon. Yeah. So it was a market that I was familiar with, felt comfortable in. Um, and as I got to, I uh, got to a place in my business where I was going to do less transactions. Um, it was a market that I realized wasn't done real well in the city where I was in, right? There wasn't anyone delivering an, a, a, a superior experience or even a product for the luxury market. In fact, Portland's still a little bit behind when we say luxury, right? Very few properties over 2 million sell in P Portland every single year. We're seeing more and more of that show up. And I think we're poised really well to, for the next five years of what Portland's seen. But it just wasn't a thing. Like there was no one taking on that market. And I'm a, I'm a big believer in figuring out which market isn't, isn't being serviced well and then servicing it well. When I first came to Portland, it was a condo market. No one specialized in condos. Well, I'm from New York. I know condos. Right. And so I targeted that condo market. Then as I got into that, built a, built a, a market share for the condo market, I thought, man, there's no one really, really focused on luxury. So it wasn't that, man, I like high prices or I want really nice real estate to focus on. It was honestly just, you know, Gary Keller says the, the, the biggest business opportunity is, is finding a, a pretty complex problem and creating a simple solution for people with that problem. And luxury homeowners in Portland had a problem. There wasn't anyone really doing it well. And, and my goal was just to create that solution. It could have been, could have been first time buyers if that was the problem. It, right. it was, it just happened okay. to be that that market was open. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So, so did that trickle down? Are you able to kind of, does that inform or did you modify any of the systems for your team and are you able to kind of reproduce some of that now that you've kind of stepped out of production again a little bit? Are you able to have somebody take over that and just kind of take over the systems that you built? Yeah. I, I think what I learned was um, hiring the right person is important. Um, right. Not every, or just any real estate agent can, they all want to step in and say, Hey, I'm a, I'm a luxury agent now, but it was really sort of, um, grooming the right agent, finding the agent that could, that could feel comfortable whether, and I would say I'm the guy that has, has investors as clients too. Right. So I could be in a $180,000 house today and a $3.5 million house tomorrow. And and honor each one of those well. So finding the right talent to be able to do that um, was important. And, and once, we, once we did, then it was easier for me to introduce those relationships because luxury is a lot about relationship, but introduce those relationships to someone that was going to take just as good care of them as I was. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So let's get back into the coaching and, and kind of the platform that you guys are building. So tell me a little bit about... Uh, Let's say the, the accountability. So what are you guys holding those agents in far-flung areas all across the country and across the world? What are, they, what are they coming in and they know that's expected of them and what's the system for making sure they follow through? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, the best way for me to, to answer that is to just give you a little bit of insight on how our model, might, how our model works. Okay. So um, as, we, as we engage or partner with an agent, right, we'll outline everything that we're going to do for them. Um, but then we're going to show them we have a, a lead gen lever menu is what we call it. So, right, we open up this menu and we say, hey, these are the lead gen levers that we, that we kill, right? We are awesome at these levers. We're going to ask you to choose one of them. 
Hmm. And you're going to get coached around that one thing. You're going to get coached around that one lead gen lever. And you're going to be the, we believe you're going to be the best person in your marketplace around this one lever. Now, in order to do that, here's what goes along with that. So let's just take, so these are our levers. We have an open house lever, right? We have a FISBO lever. We have an expired lever. We have an investor lever. We have a door knocking lever, right? These are just right, any, any normal lead gen. We take that one thing and we say, which one do you want to get great at? Or which one do you think fits your personality? So it's a little bit different in that we're not going to say, hey, on Monday, you're on the phone from two to four. On Tuesday, you're doing, they're going to get one lever. Now, the open house lever is going to have some accountability items that they have to check, check off on a Google spreadsheet every single day, right? It's a certain number of open houses every single week. Around that open house is a certain number of door knocks around that open. It's a certain number of calls around that open. Like There's these activities that we will say, did you complete your lever or not? When they complete their lever, we continue to invest in marketing and invest in cer certain um, external systems that are happening behind them. For instance, they order a, they say, hey, I'm doing an open house on this, on this day. The back end portal says, here's an address. Our ISAs are on calls around that open house. Our marketing department's sending out mail around that open house. There's other things that happen, but they're really accountable to one thing and one thing only. It's completing that lever. Every lever looks different, and there are a few different activities around each lever, right? Door knocking, they have a certain number of doors to knock every single month. Right, they have pieces that go like the first door knock of the year is piece number one, the second door knock of the year is piece number two. But what happens is when it's that systematized, if I wanted to, I have a director of operations that watches this, we know if they've ordered the pieces that go with the first 300 door knocks. Have they right. ordered the pieces that go with the second 300 door knocks? Have they ordered, like if they're doing open house, did they order the calls around the open house? Did they order the mail around the open house? Did the flyer get delivered to them? So it's, it's, it takes a lot off of their plate, but because it's a system, it's really easy to, to tell immediately, hey, are, are they, are they doing those levers or do, are they doing the activities? Some of the other accountability pieces are showing up for coaching, right? They have a one-on-one -on -one coaching call and a group coaching call every single week. And we can see, right, do they show up for their one-on-one? -on -one? And then on group, much like, right, we do a group coaching call on Fridays, we see everybody that calls in. Like, when did they call in? When did they call out? And then we do Google Hangouts, just like this one. So every single week on, on, two, on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, um, we have Google Hangouts around that lead gen lever. So if that's your lead gen lever, you have a 30-minute basically um, collaborative Google Hangout with agents from all over the country that are doing that same lever. What's working, what's not, let's script practice. Um, I, I hop on those as well sporadically to just check in. Like this morning I was on a, um, a FISBO hangout. Yesterday I was on a, a door knocking hangout. Mm -hmm. But it's it keeps that collaborative nature as well. But that's part of their accountability. If that's your lever, get on the Google Hangout. Chris, are you guys providing admin support as well, like transaction coordinating? We are. Yep. So are transaction you, coordination and, and listing management. And I'm assuming on each for each lever, you're tracking how many deals are executed per year per expansion partner per lever. And the reason I'm going down that rabbit hole is it'd be very interesting to look at your 15 locations and identify the top lever as far as where the results are actually coming from. Do you know that? Do no, you know which no. levers are performing the best right now? 
Uh, not yet, be, okay. because like I, I mean, we're it's pretty we're, new. Yeah, yeah, hard, it's, it's pretty hard new. to separate the levers from the yeah. people with that that sample size, right? Yeah, although although to the point about as as now, what's cool is as we are in one location or one city, and we have multiple partners now. I mean, the most that's the, awesome. We have about four partners in one location. That's as big as we are in one city, and we have someone on opens. We have someone on Fizbo's. We have actually two on opens, one on Fizbo's, one on expireds. We'll be able to begin to see, hey. Like where are our efficiencies? How effective is this in a specific market? I think we're probably still two or three years away from really figuring that out based yeah. on right talent, agent, turnover, and just time in the market. How do internet leads play into this equation in terms of levers? Are you pulling that lever for your expansion teams? Yeah, so it's not a lever. Um, that's that's done back home. So it isn't like no one signs up for internet lead gen lever. Yep. I, and And with that said, um, it doesn't mean that it couldn't be like, that's, what's cool about a, a coaching model is if we built out something that could be managed by an agent, um, and could plug them into it, we would do that. Um, transparently, it's not something we do huge or incredibly well in Portland, to be honest. So we layer in internet leads, but again, we're not a lead based model. So we have some SEO, some Facebook, some pay-per-click stuff going on into their market. Um, and they know what budget that looks like per partner. Um, in fact, you know, we ran an interesting experiment. I think this is worth sharing because I, you know, I think we did it as much of an experiment for ourselves as the industry. Mm -hmm. And in July and August of this, uh, of this year, um, we actually paid our partners to complete their lever. So we ran this initiative, which we said, hey, listen, um, we're going to pay you 250 bucks a week to nail every aspect of your lever, right? So it's $1,000 a month. I mean, it's not going to change anyone's world, right? But we're going to pay you $1,000 a month to do the lever that we're already asking you to do. And you've already said you would do right for the, for the closings, let alone the money. Right. Um, and sure enough, like it, as a test, the pro one production in August and September jumped up. It, it dropped in October. Um, and, and clearly we're looking at that and say, man, we had about 90% engagement on those levers, which is about 20% higher than we typically did. Mm -hmm. And it was a really great coaching moment for us because we were allowed, we were, we took a step back and, and, and told our agents, you realize that you worked harder for $250 than you would for thousands of dollars on the deals that you created in yep. the, in the following 60 days. Right. So it was a phenomenal coaching opportunity. I also looked at it as, as a test for people that are like, well, I'm spending, I'm spending a thousand bucks or 2000 bucks or 3000 bucks a month on internet leads to add to my database. My thought was, I bet you if I paid $1,000 a month and invested in a person, they would generate more leads into the database than my internet lead gen would. And sure enough, our, our ads to the database went up by about 150% during those two months. So it's just an interesting conversation to have amongst right, business owners and expansionists to say, hmm, is it right to spend, right, should we be pouring this money into people or the internet? I'm not, I'm not against the internet, we use it, but I just think we actually added more people to the database engaging people on a thousand bucks a month than we did a thousand dollars a month in the internet. Well, yeah, I think that's a constant discussion that everyone's having across the country in regards to internal sales agents and virtual assistants. If, you know, if, do I put two grand towards Google ads, Facebook ads, a mailing campaign, you know, a door hanger campaign, or should I invest in my own agents? You know, and there's lots of options there. And mm -hmm. I'm a big fan. A lot of the things you're saying I agree with. 
everything you've said up to this point, I've agreed with in terms of your strategy. Um, my agents in Omaha, you know, this year we'll do about 700 transactions. A third are internet based. And I think a lot of agents join teams where they know they're going to get those guaranteed leads that they don't have to work for. Obviously, there's a lot of money going into that. Luckily, it's getting covered by our you know, lender vendor partners. But two thirds are coming from their own efforts. So a third is from their sphere, we call it. And then the other third is from the levers that you talked about. One of the things I find fascinating and I totally agree with is your mentality around coaching. You're coaching your expansion partners. We too believe in coaching. Right now, we're only coaching our expansion partners and our own agents. Uh, we're considering coaching people outside of our expansion world. Have you done that? And do you have, do you have any desire in doing that? Yeah, I'll, t I'll talk to you a little bit big picture um, from my, for, as I look at our model and, and how it, it can grow or you know how it could actually be a secondary model. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, totally into coaching. Um, I, I, have, I have two different coaching programs. I coach on MREA, Model Your mm -hmm. Way to a Million is a coaching program I do. And actually, I do an open house coaching program as well. Um, and that's because that's how I started in, you know, in every city that I've moved to. I, personally, that's how I got my business started. And that's, I'm sorry to cut you off, Chris, just for our audience who's probably not made up of a huge percent of KW agents, um, is that uh, through MAPS coaching, through Keller yeah. Williams? And yeah. can people take advantage of that if they're not in Keller Williams? Yeah, you know, what's interesting is most of the people that sign up for Model Your Way to a Million through MAPS, it's, I mean, it's a 12-week program around building your business around MREA, which is not a KW thing. Right. Um, most of the attendees are non-KW. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Um, so I look at our, at this point, all of our coaching models and, and, and for my, everything that we do around coaching is recorded, is documented and put up on a coaching portal that our partners have access to. Like, honestly, if we opened up that portal today to an agent base, it's in, there's incredible value, not just for me, but from our regional directors who are coaches as well, right? Mm -hmm. Our one-on-one -on -one coaches, all of our Google Hangouts per topic, um, all of our coaching calls, our group coaching calls, all of those scripts. Our portal is built out into se sections per lead generation lever. Any one of those levers could be offered to the public. We just have left, we have kept that as proprietary for experience um, agents and experienced partners, but it could be opened and expanded into just a, a coaching model as well. And right. I think I think as agents and as business owners, um, it's good to write it. You know, one of, one of my favorite books of the year is Exponential Organizations. And in that book, it talks so much about like everything that we do, is this going to be scalable? Is it duplicatable? Is it replicatable? And, it, and can it cross industry? Right? Mm -hmm. Is it just specific to this one industry or are there parts of it that you can be pulling out and applying to different industries or even a different business model altogether? And I think if, if anybody that is, has partners ac across the country, right, there's transaction coordination businesses happening, right, inside sales businesses happening, right, coaching models and businesses happening, any of those can happen. Yep, absolutely. Hey, I want to address something that's come up a lot in conversations about expansion. And there's not a lot of people that have done expansion. It's very um, commendable that you've been able to find 14 people or 15 people. And it is a talent game. I took uh, Gary's ESO class. Gary was at our ESO, spent yep. like three hours with our group. And I loved how he said, you know, it's not about the location, it's about the talent. I think ESO has changed a little bit, but I think they also said identify areas with an average sales price above 200 or 250. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've stayed in line with that. Yep. 
Um, but the question I'm going to ask, and it's a question I've continued asking myself, I have 30 agents here in Omaha, and we in, originally thought we'd do expansion teams and help people get up to 20 or 30 people, and we found that's really challenging. You have to have a very dynamic leader to be able to do what you and I have done with our teams, which is fine if we find that talent, but we'd rather do more of what you've done where you just have one. So let's say that we're, that is what we're going to do, and we're going to consider ourselves somewhat as a brokerage across the nation, across the world, if, if you will. Why not just focus on Portland? And if you think about it, like as far as how challenging it would be, wouldn't it be much, much easier to identify talent within your own neck of the woods versus trying to go to Texas or Costa Rica or Japan? Yeah, I mean, I think there's always going to be a market cap in any city, right? Yeah. Um, um, and, and do we have a ton more market share to take in Portland? Absolutely. And my team can continue my team can continue to do that. Amen. I also think, I think my expansion actually will insulate us from market shifts in the future as well, because yep. the country doesn't shift all at the same time. So, right. Having, having partners across the country, you know, will, it, dude. It, you know, we'll take care of that. So what you said is what Ben Kinney said four years ago, I listened to him on a podcast or I was, maybe I was having lunch with him. I can't remember, but he said something. It's always, we always think like, especially guys like you and I can tell your personality is similar to me in the sense that, a lot of times I look at something like the option A or it's an option B and Ben said, just do both. Yeah. And so that's where I ended up landing. I'm like, it doesn't have to be just expansion or just build out my team. I'm going to do both. So I love that attitude. That's awesome. Yeah. At our last mastermind, Gary said, it's, it's not an, or it's an end. Same thing, right? It's not, or it's end. Yep. So I love it, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, who would so you I'm, go I'm ahead, Matt? To. I was going to ask Chris, who would you say is your number one key hire? And this is more for the audience. Cause there's a lot of guys like you had mentioned, you're in production a little bit. I too, I went out of production and then I got back in because I was losing out on people that would only work with me and didn't want my team, you know, your VIP clients, like you mentioned. And so who would you say was like your key hire to allow you to have the time to go out and search for that talent in all these expansion locations? You know, I think we, I, it, director of operations. I think, I think at the end of the day, we're, we make our money in sales. So that's where 90% of our energy and focus goes. It's, agents and, and getting the right agents and productive agents and, and awesome salespeople. And at the end of the day, agents will come and go. Like, honestly, if your systems are, are ridiculously awesome, every agent's going to want those systems anyway. So the minute I got some, especially in expansion, the minute I got ridiculous talent in director of operations role, then it allowed me to stop stop caring about sales, not stop caring, but you know what I mean? Stop right. focusing on sales and realize right. that agents will come, production will happen, our systems are solid. Now, how do I go out and find people that want those systems? It is the biggest problem in our industry. Is this, I, the problem in our industry isn't sales, right? There are, there are a million real estate agents out there selling a, a heck of a lot of homes. Our, the problem in our industry is systems and, and not treating it like a business. So if you do, or if I do, or the next guy does, then it's just a matter of, hey, just finding the line of agents out the door that want those systems and tools. Yep. So it's director of operations for me that, that, that let me like breathe this sigh of relief that says, okay, now, now your job is talent, not sales. Cause in, in, before that you were focusing on everything, obviously wearing a lot of hats and by placing him, he then took over systems and strategies surrounding expansion to allow you to have a little bit more time to think bigger picture and step more into the visionary role. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you, like I, I'm part of a, like a, a small mastermind group around expansion with, with Gary and a, a group of agents. And, um, one thing that Gary said maybe 90 days ago was huge for me. Like it's changed my perspective big. He said, um, 
when the, when the coach becomes a player, the team becomes impure, right? Huh. And especially for me, a coaching model, like every time production, every time I step out and production begins to, you know, slip a little bit and then I'm up, I'm a, right? I, I, I coach a class around netting a million dollars in residential real estate. So I will not, like I cannot not net a million, right? Cause then I'm coach, I'm a fraud. Like I'm coaching this class, but I'm not doing it. So every time it looked like, oh gosh, am I going to net a million on my home team? Like if I'm not, I better step in and do some production. I realized that every time I did that, I was a coach stepping into play, right? Pulling my quarterback and saying, hey, I'll throw the ball. I'm the coach, but I'm going to throw right. the ball. Like what a joke. In right. sports, we think what, like get back to the sideline. And if, we, if I looked at it that way, I realized don't become a player. Just understand that's not your business. That's not who you are anymore. Like get better players if you need better players, but continue to be the coach. Yep. Put more players on the field. And that's yep. exactly where I am. If I asked you and you'd probably answer the similar ways, you have the system, you now know what to do. You have a lot of the right players. Now it's just adding more players, helping people find the right levers, coaching them on it, holding them accountable. I liked uh, the incentive you talked about that thousand dollars and thinking different about, you know, where you want to um, deploy capital. And, you know, some people buy leads and convert 2%. If you deploy that capital into the actual person to hold them account, help them hold them accountable, that's fascinating. I'd never yeah. heard of anyone doing that before. I will say like part of like for what I will go back and say about that initiative, it, it came from or it stemmed from as a, we're always reading a book together. And, and, and so at that point in time, a in our group, in our Friday calls, we were spending some time in the book switch, right? How to change when, when change is tough or hard or whatever the title is, mm -hmm. but, but focusing on switch and it talked about, right. The, the rider and the elephant and how do we change our habits? And, and sometimes we need to incentivize the change. And my goal or intention was if I pay them for yep. 60 days to create this habit around that lever, will that be enough? Right. And actually for a lot, for a good group of our partners, it was, like yep, we, I think that's great. Incentivize them enough to change their habits, and now to guess what? Them. They hit their they hit now, their lever yeah. in October and right September yeah. and October and hopefully November December. For others, it wasn't, which is insightful too, right? As a business owner, like I couldn't even pay you to change your habit. Good to know, right? right. I mean, good to know. Yep. So I, well, I think it was a good test. A lot of people listening to this probably have a handful of agents that work part-time jobs. You see a lot of bartenders and servers and people have a maybe an eight to five and then nights, weekends, they sell real estate. On my team right now, we probably have six or seven people that make up that demographic. And no joke, Monday, coincidentally, I was just at our team meeting. I was talking about this very idea and I asked how many people invest in the stock market and everyone had raised their hand saying at some point they had invested. And I said, how great we have this opportunity today to invest in ourselves. And it's a hundred percent commission-based job. And if we would just believe in ourselves the same way we believe in the stock market, we'll see 100% returns. Or as you know, you've watched people get 300% returns. And so what you were doing is just giving them that trust in themselves. And obviously that was going to pay back in dividends to you by taking that risk and doing that. So that was awesome. Yeah. Matt, what other questions did you have before we wrap up with Chris? This has been fascinating. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't, there, we could talk about all this stuff uh, all day. So I, oh, there, yeah. there wasn't anything that we didn't get to that I felt like we had to cover. Um, so yeah, we, we definitely want to wrap up and give people an opportunity to, uh, to send referrals Chris's way. So obviously you're in Portland uh, and then there's a couple of other uh, home markets that are kind of closer to you. So where, where do you guys like to receive referrals where you feel like you can give really, really amazing service? 
Yeah, I mean, right now we cover the state of Oregon, right? Up and down I-5 and into Vancouver, Washington is our hub, is our home. Like we're, we're 100% all over that. Um, outside of that, Boston's a big market for us. Minneapolis is a big market for us. Um, and then Houston uh, is a big market for us as well. What's a quick question on the Boston because I was just talking to uh, Danny Griffin who uh, coaches or had, was a coach under Craig Proctor's system. He's a Boston guy. Yep. And he was telling me just how clicky and, and very, very divided uh, Boston is. It's very, very difficult, I would imagine, for somebody outside to even know where to put an expansion agent or whether an expansion agent is a good candidate to try to succeed in a certain area. How did you guys get around that challenge? Uh, we have a regional director on the ground that has born, raised, grew up there, and is uh, in leadership of an office out there in Boston. Gotcha. So um, he understands that market. I mean, Portland's that way. It's super neighborhoody, right? I mean, I, I'm not going to go into a neighborhood, not know it, and think I'm going to sell real estate there. So yeah. um, that is why we've split. And what we've also found is if you're if you're in this quadrant of Boston, right, you're not going up to the north or you're not going down no, to the south. Not. So we we really had to – like that's why we have four people out there to cover different parts of the city because you'll start generating leads and not being able not being able to service them which is which is no good either yeah matt the one question i wanted to make sure i asked chris is surrounding splits and chris i'm not going to put you on the spot and ask you to tell us what your splits are in each location i'd rather ask because you're part of the super secret mastermind with gary and i'm friends with the several of the guys that are part of that as well I'd rather ask you, what do you think is the best model for someone that's on this podcast today that's thinking about opening up in maybe a city 30 minutes away or, you know, however disparate away and they want to try to set up something that's going to help them be profitable, but at the same time, leave as much money in their partner's pocket as possible. What do you think that split structure needs to be like? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you my, I have a really strong opinion on this. Um, and that's because I've built my business around MREA and the profit margins of a successful real estate business. And, and I don't believe that any of my partners should have any less of a profit margin than I do. So at home, right, I target that 40% profit margin. And that's right after expenses, after I pay my director of operations, my director of lead gen, my marketing, all that stuff. If, if I'm at a 40% profit margin, I'm winning in this industry. Right. I think we get stuck on splits because our industry has caused us to. Right. But if you go outside of real estate, a 40% profit margin in any business is ridiculous. Yep. So we share page 156 of MREA with our partners and we show them the progression of what they should expect to net should they build their business on their own. Uh -huh. And we say we are going to get you to a 40% profit margin. Now, they may have some expenses. So we, in our model, we have, a, we have a sliding scale model where our partners will go from 40 to 50. And ultimately, if they're doing big, big, uh, big volume, they'll get to a 60% profit margin on some of those deals. But at the end of the year, they're going to, they're going to average the same profit margin as I do in my hub. So we don't make it about what we think it should be, or this is what our team is. Our entire team is built on the, on the systems models and tools of MREA and the profit margin of MREA, which I believe, right. It's built around top agents from across the country is about 40%. And our partners are going to net at 40% or more every single year. Yep. Love it. Great way to look at it. Cool. All right. So, uh, so Chris, remind people of how they can, we forgot to get to this. How do they actually contact you or your team in order to send you guys referrals? Yeah. Um, you know, the, they can call 503-748-8300, 503-748-8300, uh, or email. Um, this email will go directly to my, um, really director, but it's Chris 
at pdxpropertygroup.com, pdx for the Portland airport, chris at pdxpropertygroup.com. Okay. And then if they want to find out uh, more about your MREA class and some of the coaching that you're doing uh, within that system, is that also a good place to, uh, to reach out to? Yep. They can reach out to me there or just go to modelyourway.com. Um, oh, it, the course of the, yeah, the course is model your way to a million. So modelyourway.com and you'll find out everything about the course. Right, and I'll, cool, I'll second, uh, uh, I think the course is great. I obviously I've read the MREA book. I'm excited to read version 2.0. Has that been released yet, Chris? Not yet. It's, it's, it's we're waiting for it, but I, I mean, feel like it should have been out by now, right? Development. Yeah. All the research is done. It's about a year late, but you know, okay. I'm we're super not recording this or anything. So. <laughs> so I, from day one, when we launched our team, even when I launched my individual business, that was always my goal was to follow MREA. I've been seventh level for three years and anybody that's on track, you know, that wants to get to seventh level, that's essentially making a million net and not being full-time and you know the day-to-day -day sales stepping out being the coach not having to run out and throw the ball and there's not a lot of people that have done it you know gary's vision was that everyone could do it and i still believe that he believes everyone can do it but it's it's a challenge to do it and i think it's great that you're coaching people to be able to accomplish that and have that confidence so way to go awesome 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 and then jeff you want to quickly share a little bit about the uh, the upcoming team building workshops yeah, so um, on EliteRealEstateSystems.com, you can go on there and just click on workshops. We host a workshop every 30 days. We keep the groups to about five to 10 top agents. Uh, the cost is $3,000 to come to that workshop and you get added to our private Facebook page. Uh, we have some really exciting news. I, I guess I'll announce it now, but we're gonna start doing um, a live share through a Mevo camera of all of our team meetings, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to anyone that takes advantage of our team building workshop. And so you can look at that as a type of coaching in that you'll be able to have access to all of our training and coaching that we do at our flagship team in Omaha. And we'll live broadcast that to our private Facebook group. And then also for coming to the workshop, you get access to our Google Drive, which is like Dropbox. It consists of all of our intellectual property, uh, hundreds and hundreds of hours of R&D systems, training videos, uh, spreadsheets, all of that's included. So for three grand, there's a lot of value there. You get to spend a day with us and then obviously you have full-time access to us after the event. You can post up questions, contact us directly. And we're here to help build businesses just like Chris. Um, I think it's great what he's doing. So thanks again, Chris, for being on our show today. My pleasure. Thank you. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks so much. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube, iTunes, and Stitcher, depending on whether you want the video or audio versions. Keep up with the show and we'll see everybody on the next episode. All right. Thanks, Matt. Thanks.